sleep in heavenly peace. This is kind of a silly phrase for a newborn. Anybody who has ever been around a newborn knows they mostly don't sleep. And when they do, it's anything but peaceful. Yet here's the lyric from Silent Night. Silent night, holy night, all is calm, all is bright. Round yon virgin, mother and child, holy infant, so tender and mild. Sleep in heavenly peace, sleep in heavenly peace. This peace, peace from God, heavenly peace, is different from the peace this world offers. For more on this, keep listening. I'm Matt Odegaard, and this is Church Public. Well, here we are at week two of Advent here at Church Public. Advent is a season of hope and expectation. It's a time to prepare for the coming of Christ, reflect on the year that's passed, to look forward to the promises of Christmas. Advent has its roots in the Old Testament, where it was celebrated as a time when the Israelites would prepare for the coming of the Messiah. The word Advent actually comes from the Latin word Adventus, meaning to come or to arrive. Over time, the celebration of Advent evolved and changed. Even into the 4th century, St. Augustine introduced the idea of preparing for Christmas as a time of spiritual preparation, preparing your heart. This idea caught on and has been celebrated by Christians really ever since. Advent begins four Sundays before Christmas. That would have been last week. You can go and listen at Church Public, uh, any of the podcast places, and you can listen to week one there. If you haven't already, go to Church Public on any of your podcast places like iTunes and Spotify and Amazon or wherever and subscribe and like and do all those things. So Advent begins four seasons, four Sundays before Christmas and lasts until Christmas Day. It's a time of preparation, anticipation, reflection. During Advent, Christians often focus on the four readings from the Bible that are associated with this season. Isaiah, Malachi, Matthew, Luke, even Revelation are all ones that we hear when we look through this this season, right? We read about the prophecies of Jesus. We read about the prophecies of the Messiah and how they were fulfilled by Jesus during his time. Advent is the time to remember the promises God made throughout history and to look forward to the coming of Jesus Christ, the hope of this world. Advent is a time of hope, of expectation. It's reflected in the symbols, the traditions associated with the season. One of the most recognizable symbols of Advent is the wreath, the Advent wreath. Usually evergreen branches, right? It's green, circular, it's decorated with four candles. Each candle represents one of the four weeks of Advent. Sometimes you see it with five weeks because each of the four weeks is a new week of the candle being lit until all four candles are burning on Christmas Eve. And then sometimes there's a Christmas candle, the last one, which is usually white. Another popular Advent tradition going way, way back is the Advent calendar. It's a 24-day calendar, 24 doors, one for each day of December leading up to Christmas. Behind each door is a small gift or treat or piece of chocolate, symbolizing the anticipation and excitement of Christmas Day. Your kids probably have one of these and didn't even know this had its roots in Advent. This week, we're talking about peace, the peace of Christ, the only peace that can come in this world that comes through Jesus. And again, it only comes from him. So today, we hope for the arrival of Jesus into this world. Many of your kids have these little calendars, as I mentioned, with chocolate in them. This practice is this weekly reminder. It's a daily reminder, marking the arrival of Jesus into the world and looking forward to the day that he comes again. We all long for this peace, but sadly, there's so little of it around in the world today. There are wars going on all over, some big wars, some small wars, and then, of course, there's a lot of political unrest in America, just as there was in Jerusalem at the time. And it seems like the family is constantly under attack by the culture. 
But for the believer, we know that Jesus is our peace. Only in Christ can we actually have peace. The Advent message of peace is all about Christ. Jesus brings peace to all areas of our lives, but so many today just want peace without God. One of the most famous songs of all time is Imagine by John Lennon, which really is all about peace. Yet, in the song, the whole message is about, well, removing God and all the things that might actually bring about peace. Imagine there's no heaven. Imagine there's no religion, right? The, the philosophy behind this is the philosophy that we see all around us in culture today. If we remove all these blocks of society, the song goes, if we remove government, if we remove religion, then there will be peace. But unfortunately, poor John, uh, the Lenin, not the Baptist, or, or the gospel writer, John Lennon, unfortunately for him, the opposite is actually true. We need God. Then we can establish a righteous government and have a just society. To eliminate the source of peace, God and his son Jesus, is to eliminate really the very possibility of peace in the first place. I want to give you four ways that Jesus brings us peace because as a good Baptist, we count things. Anyway, peace with God. Number one, peace with God. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Romans 5.1. Notice, we're not naturally at peace with God. The Bible tells us our sins have separated us from God, and it's only through Jesus and faith in him that we are brought into a relationship of peace with God, our creator. That's number one, peace with God. Second is peace with self. Secondly, Jesus brings peace with self. Sin not only separates us from God, it also brings separation within our own being, within ourselves. We're conflicted. We constantly fight with anxiety and depression and stress and inner turmoil. We, we desperately need this inner peace. And Jesus came not only to bring peace with God, but also personal peace with ourselves. When you put your faith in Jesus, you not only receive peace with God, you receive the peace of God to help you through the difficult circumstances of life. When you know Christ, everything can be going crazy around you and you still can be at peace within yourself. Philippians 4 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer, petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Philippians 4, 6-7. Notice, this wonderful peace of God is only available in and through Jesus Christ. The Bible says the peace of God will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. John recounts these beautiful words from Jesus in John 14, 27. Jesus said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Don't be afraid. John 14, 27. Jesus not only brings peace with God, he brings peace with self. So you have peace with God. You have peace with self. Third, you have peace with others. We have a wonderful example of this in the early Christmas story. When Joseph first heard that Mary was pregnant, he considered breaking off the engagement. I mean, most men would, right? He must have been terribly hurt, confused, thinking that Mary had been, well, unfaithful to him. But then we read in Matthew 1, Joseph saying, After he had heard and considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because... What is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit, Matthew 1.20. We go through many challenges in this life, and one of the most difficult is when our relationships are in turmoil. That's when we need to ask Jesus, the Prince of Peace, to come and bring us peace in our relationships, to intervene, to reconcile, to restore. We read about this from Jesus uh, in Ephesians 2.14. Paul says, For he himself, Jesus himself, is our peace 
who has made the two one and destroyed the barrier dividing uh, the dividing wall of hostility. Jesus came to break down these barriers, to bridge the gaps, to bring people together, and to restore peace to our damaged relationships. So we get, through Jesus, peace with God, peace with self, peace in the relationships that we have, and finally, we have, well, peace on earth. The angels who announced Jesus' birth to the shepherds that first Christmas Eve, as many of you have celebrated for years and years at Christmas time and seen the plays and maybe even have the little creche, the little manger scene in your house somewhere. These angels, they announced Jesus' birth to the shepherds and they proclaimed the peace that Jesus would bring to our planet. We read in Luke 2, suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace to men on whom his favor rests. Luke 2, 13 and 14. I think this peace is the one that we feel lacking the most. We may have peace in Jesus, but this world is still at war. While a believer has peace with God and self and others, without Christ, you're still at war with God and self and others. This is a great season to lean into the calling you have as a follower of Christ, to be a light to the world. Matthew 5, 14 and following. If you're struggling with peace, I pray you seek after Jesus through the power of his spirit and the word of God. Start in John or Luke and, and see what God has done to bring you peace. For Church Public, I'm Ed Odegaard. God bless and keep the faith.